0: All right, guys, about that time. Chris Brooks here with you on another edition of the Rebels 247 Podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network and Inside the Rebels. Hope you guys are having a good Tuesday. Almost shot Monday on you. Having a good Tuesday morning. What day is today? Let's see what the old national calendar has for us today. Of course, we're about to get into the SEC Media Days from yesterday. National Words with Friends Day. Can't imagine many of you are celebrating that. It's also National Dachery Day. For any of you that want to indulge in into that, hey, whatever, whatever floats your boat, whatever floats your boat. National Words with Friends Day. Used to play that with uh, with the wife all the time, and uh, I'm very ashamed of this. I mean I, I I am a good speller so it's not shocking I was good at that game however probably not as good as my wife thinks thinks uh, thinks I am you know occasionally don't you have to look up a word don't you look up a word I know you're breaking the code there I mean there's an honor system but uh, I mean you can't lose to your spouse can't lose to your spouse but it's national words with friends day All right, now what are we going to get to today? Several things. I'm going to be honest. Going into the the SEC Media Day thing yesterday, it's not that I wasn't excited about it. You know, I have a tendency to be skeptical. I just have a tendency to be skeptical, especially with college football. And I can be cynical on occasion and all of those things. And SEC Media Days, you know, you haven't gotten as much out of that the last, you know, several years. You know, coaches give you a lot of coach speak and, you know, we don't get the fireworks that sometimes we want. But the truth is, when that got kicked off yesterday and then I'm on social media, at least it it feels like the season is almost here. And, uh, man, if you can't be excited about the college football season and you're a football fan, I mean, something's wrong with that. Something's wrong with that. So as we went through the day yesterday and I'm reading quotes and I'm seeing, you know, the stuff that came out of SEC media days and and, uh, and the quotes and just the happenings, I enjoyed it. it did, I did. I, there's a little bit of excitement that starts, you know, building and, and you start talking. I mean, you're just talking football. And even if you're not watching football, you know, the next best thing. You have playing football, then you have watching football, talking football. And we had that all day yesterday. And I have several things pulled up here to get into. Not going to be a huge recruiting show today. Um, I want to knock that out tomorrow. Still working on a few things, but it's not so much that. There is some recruiting info out there that's bouncing around uh, with several players at least wanting to make a decision before their senior season starts. So over the next month or so, you know, the next three to four weeks, there could be some some happenings here, some some big happenings. And I know this, I think I have a good idea of the general framework of how Ole Miss is wanting to recruit here in this NIL world, and that's what we're really about to get into. I want to contrast Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban. Um, Nick is actually at the podium, I believe, now or about to be. I think he's up there. Or he's somewhere because I'm seeing it on Twitter, some quotes from him. But I want to contrast those two guys, right? Um, but before we we go there, we do have a little bit of recruiting stuff that'll be breaking the next few weeks. And I do feel like I have an idea of what Ole Miss wants to do there. Yeah, the transfer portal is going to be big again this year. Um, I think you can expect about half the class to go that direction. But they do want to fill the other half of this class with talented high school kids. And in the world of NIL that we are in, I think you could see, you know, and it's not that you don't want to bring in 12 studs, but um, this lines up with my philosophy in general on Ole Miss. There are They have to hit on five to six big-time high school kids. Like, no excuses. You can't say other schools have more NIL opportunities than you do. You can't use that. I mean, it's the truth. It's the way it is. And I can buy that if we're talking about an entire class. You know, you, you're not going to go out and sign 25 high school kids at Ole Miss and beat Bama, beat A&M, and, and beat these just heavily funded NIL places. But you have to land five to five to six of those. And I think there's, there's some history here on my side that I could point to. You know, think back to this. Remember the Tommy Tuberville days? And when he took the job, it wasn't in a good place. But the recruiting kind of drug him out of it. And at the very top of that recruiting was maybe a half a dozen guys. Remember when they committed? I remember the year. They committed Romero Miller, for those of you that remember that. I'm I'm on a computer. I think I'm at Mississippi College in a computer lab. And, you know, you're just doing the refresh thing. Just refresh. Has anything happened? Now you leave and you come back an hour later. Anything happened yet? You know, we didn't get all of this on our phones like we do now. But Romero and Terrence Metcalf and Deuce McAllister, you know, you you had the guys at the very top that were as good as anybody was signing, right? They still have to find those five to six high school guys where they compete with Bama, A&M, Georgia, whoever, and they land them. That's your, as far as in-state goes, that's your son Terene Perkins, that's your Aiden Williams, it's those guys. And I think they have a plan in place that they can be competitive, and I think they can get that done. So we could see some of that popping here in the next few weeks as we roll into the the high school football season, which I'm really looking forward to. And we'll dive a little deeper into that tomorrow. Let me contrast a couple of things. I want to go through some quotes from SEC Media Days. First of all, and I'm look, and I'm not just saying this because I'm covering Ole Miss for two four seven. You know, the truth is, I, I am a I am a I am much less an Ole Miss fan today than I was 12 years ago when I got into the media thing. It just kind of, I don't know, it pulls you out of it a little bit. You get a little jaded. And then I have my own kids now that are growing, one's going off to college. You know, things change. And uh, and I've seen seen a lot of recruiting behind closed doors, you know, a lot of that. and um, On some level, it takes a little bit of that away. But I don't like to do the thing to where I'm, I'm not a promoter from Ole Miss is what I'm getting at. That's not my job. Not what I'm supposed to do. I'm not promoting them. I'm not helping the program. I don't do those things. You know, I just give you an honest opinion. Uh, I think Lane Kiffin – I think I think Lane Kiffin, as far as SEC media days goes, he kills it. He does. Like yesterday was a great day for Lane Kiffen, which in turn is a great day for Mole Miss. He, he is very good in that situation which he's not great in front of a crowd. You know, he's not that huge social butterfly guy. But in in some ways, he's honest at a podium, which is good for that because few coaches are going to be that honest. He has some good one-on-one interviews, which he tends to be very good at those. You know, the times that he sits with Feinbaum. I thought he represented himself well yesterday. And I thought he spoke a lot of truth about what's going on in college football. But let me make this comparison, Okay. Something that's going on with all this NIL stuff. And then we're going to get into quotes about football and and exactly what he did say yesterday. Kiffin had this quote yesterday. One of them was, you legalize cheating, so get ready for the people that have the most money to get the best players. And there you have it. Okay, look, that's all this is. The way this stuff is playing out in real time. And like, and I've gotten this from several places. They're doing the same things or trying to accomplish the same goal. These NIL funds might as well be your, your payroll. They might as well be your NFL, you know, whatever your salary cap is. Okay, that's the way these things are operating. Whether you want to get into the semantics of it or not, that's what this is. It's exactly what this is. And when he says you legalize cheating, so get ready for the people that have the most money to get the best players, and there you have it. He's just shooting you 100% honest. That's exactly what this is. But what I do find funny in some of this, the schools who aren't the Blue Bloods traditionally don't have the money that the large schools have. These guys tend to talk about this more. And then the Blue Blood programs with all of the recruiting budget money are the ones that are constantly downplaying it. You know, I'm looking at Nick Saban here. See if I can find that quote. I'll find it here in just a minute. I may have lost it. I'll, I will find it in a minute. Um, Saban had a quote. I can't find it directly, but I wrote it down. He had a quote along the effect that Alabama in 2021, their players were paid $3 million on NIL. So you have these larger programs that are constantly trying to deflect away from the money and the NIL and there's smaller programs that don't have the funds are the ones that are talking about it more. It's, it's ridiculous. Look, and I've mentioned this before. The only real change in college football right now is the transfer portal. Uh, We've always had NIL. It's just, that was under the table booster money. And the schools that were signing most of the players were the schools with the boosters with the deepest pockets. That's not a shock to anyone. It's been going on for years, for decades. But, man, the the guys at the top of this thing just can't look into a camera and shoot it straight, deflect it. Look, what's wrong with even saying it? You know, I got on the Jimbo Fisher about this maybe a few months ago. Just say, yeah, we're doing everything by the book. We have people that want to support this. And look, not all money is going to the NIL fund. It's not like it completely cut out the under the table stuff and what's going on there. That it's still That's still very much a part of this. And the places that were already signing uh, a ton of players already, I mean, you're still going to get it. So it's not just saying if somebody said $3 million of NIL, well, all right, great. What about all the other? And maybe we get to a point one day where everybody's finally open and honest about talking about it. Um, That just struck me, man. The two differences between the two guys and the way that they're approaching this, how are you going to fix this thing? And it is broken to an extent. College football is going to be fine this year, Um, but the system can be much, much better. It is a little bit chaotic, but how are you going to fix the thing if you can't even be honest about what's going on? Uh, A couple of quotes from yesterday that came out of Lane Kiffin in terms of the quarterback battle. Said as far as the quarterback, Jackson's coming in. He's young, just like Luke, just finished their freshman year. It was good to have those guys for spring. It's very competitive. We we'll look forward to those guys battling it out and making them both the best that we can uh, because a lot of times you need both, making them both the best that we can. That I think is shooting you straight. You know, at one point, I thought one guy might be significantly ahead of the other in the spring, but you still have to come out of it and say that, oh, this is a close battle because you don't want to lose one of them in the summer. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I don't think that's happened at all. I just don't believe either guy separated themselves for the other. And we're rolling into the football season in August practice with a completely legitimate quarterback battle that I think is neck and neck. Wouldn't be surprised at either one of them. And yeah, if you can have two that are prepared to play, uh, that's even better. Um, This Kiffin on Michael Trigg. Michael Trigg, very talented player. Again, another young one that just finished his true freshman year, had a really good spring game. Has done some good things. Has a really high ceiling. You know, I had him um, actually talking to my my kids this week, my boys, asking about the wide receivers and how that looks. And we got into uh, into a discussion on Michael Trigg. He's going to operate like a wideout this year. Um, that guy in the in the passing game is going to be big. We haven't had a tight end like that in a little bit it's been a few years had a had some good ones but it's been a little bit and uh hopefully and even when we had them I don't know if we necessarily used them that well they're doing better in the NFL but yeah Michael trigg is going to be a difference maker um this is Nick broker we have a lot of guys coming back I think we returned four starters Mason coming in as well is fitting in well like a glove with us he's done a really good job at meshing in with us there are a lot of new guys but we are an older group And playing for a couple of years now, it's our time to lead the team. The offensive line is absolutely going to be better than it was. And one of the better ones we've had in in a few years. Um, And honestly, maybe the excitement about this season, at least offensively, you could build it around the offensive line and the running backs. Um, Jonathan Mingo and what it's like to play wide out for Kiffin. It's a blessing to be a receiver for Coach Kiffin. His offense, usually you just have to play fast. You have to be ready for change every other drive. Always cooking something up. You have to be ready as a receiver. In the SEC, you just have to be detailed. Everybody has talent in the SEC. We're the best conference in the country. You have to make sure your techniques are right. Make sure you're in the right position, the right time. Nothing comes easy in the SEC. I'm pulling for Jonathan. I think that kid has big-time ability. I think he has a lot of character. Uh, there's a lot to like about him. I thought last year was going to be a breakout year before he got hurt. And if he can pick up where he left off, he was trending that direction. And hopefully he's able to just pick up where he left off and, and take it, take the ball and run with it. All right, last one here. This is from Nick Broker. What it's like to play for Kiffin. Yeah, there's a lot of swag about him. I think the biggest thing is he allows us to be ourselves. I really appreciate that. Kind of likes to be a player um, of the team, which is all I really ask for. There's a lot of different personalities, but at the end of the day, a lot of the players really appreciate that because we can all act like ourselves. And if there's one thing you could put your finger on with Kiffin that I didn't really know how he would do, and that's with communicating with players, And what kind of environment he would build there, relationships with him and and the players, and I think he's done a really good job at it, mainly by taking his hands off of it. Yeah, it feels, at least from the outside, it feels loose. Um, he's not overbearing, and yeah, exactly what Broker says here. Feels like he allows them to be themselves. He gives them some some rope, you know, the ability to make mistakes, coach them up. But when you're in that environment, You know, you can make plays. Um, You're not scared to screw something up because it's going to happen. But the way he's related to players, yeah, I've been a little bit surprised at, a little bit. I think he's done a good job building the culture there. Uh, But, yeah, that was basically it from yesterday. I thought the interview with Feinbaum from Kiffin was – it was funny when Feinbaum gives him the Lindy's magazine in which the guy, I think, called him a loudmouth, something like that, and he laughs at it, says it doesn't read that stuff anymore – Look, you remember when Kiffin? And we'll wrap up with this. If you'll remember when Ole Miss hired him, you know right before that he's down in Florida coaching, and you know he could not get a big job, even though he was doing a good job. And what he had done at Alabama as the coordinator, like he should have had opportunities before Ole Miss couldn't get them because of his name and the resume, and you know some of the things out there about him, some immaturity. I'm just. Speaking about the things that that were scaring teams off supposedly, but there is no doubt the version of of Lane Kiffin that Ole Miss has gotten since he's been there from day one has been much more mature than the naysayers were suggesting he was back then when he was having a hard time finding a gig, and he's been much more professional and all of those things. You know, he's been a much different version of what people thought he was going to be. And you got to give him credit. You know, you learn from your mistakes. The guy's an incredible talent as a coach. But you learn from the mistakes and you get better. It's all you can do. And he's doing a great job at Ole Miss. But I thought he did well yesterday at Media Days. I appreciate the honesty. All right, guys, that's going to do it here on a Tuesday edition of the Rebels 247 Podcast. This is Chris Brooks, part of the 247 Sports Network. We'll do this again tomorrow. You guys have a great day, and we'll see you then.